Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Auto Mike Max Dave Mona Sid Hartman on his way in. And it's a lot of twins talk and baseball talk right now. Who better to talk about it than somebody that's Won a world championship, played for the Minnesota Twins, the Oakland A's, their glory days. Terry Steinbach, good morning. Hey, good morning, Maxie. How are we doing today? Good. How are you doing? Fantastic. We finally got sunshine. We're dry. <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous outside. Beautiful day for a ball game at uh, Johnson Park is what it is. As a matter of fact, it'll be good for two games. Two games at Johnson, Johnson Park. Park. Redwood Chelsea yeah. can stay for both, for sure. Terry, when you look at what's evolved with the Minnesota Twins this year, none of us could see this coming. Uh, but you've also been a part of those teams where things have come together, uh, you know, with Ricky Henderson and Dave Henderson, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Terry Steinbach, Carney Lansford, where you got one of those lineups that's just impossible to pitch to. Give me your take on the Twins and what it would be like to play against them right now. Um, first of all, yes, I absolutely agree. Uh, I'm one of those guys that uh, would have said I would have never predicted this. I would have never guessed this. I just think they're they're young, and you know, which makes them you know kind of susceptible to to issues, you know, highs and lows. With that being said, they they're definitely proving us wrong. And to try to pitch to them right now is 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 terrible. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's such a challenge because. You know, you always try to pick a guy or two that you don't want to beat you, but uh, so far what we're seeing with the Twins lineup, everybody can beat you. I mean, they're getting they're getting production from 789, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and, and that's what makes it extremely tough. And it just really puts that pressure on the opposing pitcher, puts that pressure on the opposing offense because they know they're going to have to score a lot of runs to beat the Twins right now, and the Twins are scoring runs. And, and, and one mistake, you know, one little mistake that – you know, the pitcher gets through the first seven, eight guys. Also, no, okay, takes a deep breath, and bam, nine here he gets you. Yep. Terry, you mentioned production from various places. Uh, even uh, Major League Baseball, which generally ignores the Twins, is looking at the catching position and trying to remember when baseball has seen anything like this. Three different catchers all hitting, fielding so well. I mean, that's your position. What do you think of what's going on with the catcher with the Twins? I, I mean, first of all, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, and again, uh, my philosophy is being a catcher. I said, you know, defense first, which the uh, Twins catchers are doing, and offense second. And if you if you have the ability to be a catcher and, and hit 300, then hit 300. Don't hide behind the the shield that you know. Oh, I'm a catcher. I only have to hit 232, 240. And what I'm seeing right now is the healthy competition. Uh, amongst the Twins catchers, I think, is fueling uh, the production that they're doing. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'd hate to be Rocco right now. I mean, how in the world do you pick which catcher you know, you're going to play? On top of it, uh, the pitchers are pitching so well, so you, you, you can't even you know, argue that, well, we're going to catch this guy because he, he, he catches this pitcher very well. They're, they're all catching well, they're all playing well, and, and, and they're pitching well. Do you, do you believe, Terry, when you have an offensive lineup like this, uh, do pitchers become better because they relax more and they go, all I got to do is pound the strike zone because they're going to get me some runs. D- does it change their mindset? 
I think, you know, we, we always talk about uh, hitting is contagious and pitching is, is, is contagious. And, yes, I 100% agree, Max, with what you're saying, that when your team is clicking like the Twins have been this whole year, it takes so much pressure off, off the pitchers. And, again, that healthy competition amongst the pitchers. If, if one guy goes out and throws a, a four-hit shutout, well, the next guy is going to go out there and, uh, and, and, and try to do the same. And also, when you have that reassurance that, hey, we're never out of a game, even if I have a bad inning, even if I struggle a little bit, my offense has the capability of, of, of putting up, you know, four, five, six, eight, ten, twelve runs at any time of the game. And, and that does take a lot of pressure off, off the pitchers, and they can sit back and relax. And we all know if you relax, you're going to execute, you're going to perform, everything's going to be better. You know, Terry, this team seems to come back so well. There was the 14-3 to game, and it was like they came out the next day and said, you know, those things happen, and then they came out and played so well. They haven't lost more than two in a row all year. There's just something about that attitude. As an outsider looking in, you say, this is contagious. Everybody in the dugout feels good about this team. Absolutely, and and I think it's it's uh, it, 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 it's cultural. You know, we hear that word thrown out so often, and what I mean by that is that when you walk into the Twins clubhouse, those guys are feeling good about themselves. They're feeling positive about themselves. They've done very, very well so far. And what I mean by that is they built a nice cushion. I'm not saying they should, you know, coast into the playoffs, you know, but they, they've got that lead and, and they have been playing so, so consistently that if you lose a game and, and, you know, you play 162 games, you're going to lose games, you know, but when you have that cushion, when you have that confidence, when you have the production that they've had both offenses offensively, defensively, and, and, and pitching, it's not a big deal to lose a game. And, and you can be relaxed, and you come, can come back that next day, bounce back, and, and, and throw a good game out there. Terry, can we take you through a break here? i got a couple more questions, like trying to get a guy like Devin Smelcher through a game from a catcher's standpoint. Can you hang with us for just a minute? Absolutely. We'd love to. Take right. a break. Sports huddle. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Terry Steinbach is our guest. Kyle Gibson, Bud Grant will join us in the 10 o'clock hour. Lots of fun stuff. Terry, I mentioned Devin Smelcher. He said they call him up after Panita goes on the IR and uh, he gets a start. And obviously he's pitching for a team that's having a lot of success. Now, you're the veteran catcher. What kind of a meeting do you have? I'm sure you had many, many, many when guys got called up for a spot start and to start. What does the catcher do? How do you try to get him through? How do you get him to drive that car a few innings? <laughs> that is the most challenging thing. And I think the most important thing in, in a situation like that when any young pitcher comes up when any rookie comes up any pitcher that's in his first uh major league game you want to you want to find out what his personality is like you know is he a very uh a hyper guy is he a very nervous guy is he a very calm guy is he a is he an overachiever you know over over aggressive kind of guy because once you figure out what that that player's personality is that particular pitchers then you can adjust your game plan accordingly if the guy is really, really hyper, there's going to be, you know, more trips to the mound or more talking in, in, in between innings. Hey, you're doing good. Just follow me. I, I got this kind of thing. And, and then you kind of see how the game goes. And, and, and as he threw the other day, he, he just took control of the game. And, and when, when you see a pitcher doing that, that does take a lot of pressure off the catcher. And you just ride him, you know, with, uh, ride him as, as, as long as you can. And, and your bench is watching him. Your, your, your coaches are watching, you know, looking for any, any signs of, of fatigue or stress or whatever. And you always want to try to get a pitcher out on a positive note, you know, especially a, a pitcher making his first start. And, and, and he did fantastic in, in that situation. Terry, uh, technology is so much talked about, and deservedly so. There was an example in the last 
two nights against uh, Tampa Bay. The Twins are fishing a, uh, facing a pitcher they clearly had never seen before, and generally you might see talk in the dugout, what do you know about this guy? And here's the next batter, and the coaches on a little laptop computer while the pitcher's out there throwing pitches. They're looking at things, pointing to different things, and just thought, man, if you want an example of how things are changing, that was a good one. <laughs> it changed a lot since my day, I'll be honest with you, because we did it exactly like you're saying. Hey, does anybody know this guy? Yeah, I, know. I sure. got a buddy who played against him in Double A. You know, <laughs> okay, that's it. But yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I think you're seeing that obviously in in the game. I think that's why you're seeing uh, uh, adjustments being made much quicker, both offensively, defensively, pitching wise. I mean, pitchers have the uh, same tool there. You know, they can pull up a video clip of of a hitter real quick and figure out. Um, you know, what that particular uh, hitter is doing. And, you know, it, 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 it's all fair. I, I, I think it's great. I think it's, uh, you know, wise how, how those guys use it. And it's just a situation of making sure that you can handle it. Uh, Ron Darling, a good friend of mine, you know, he used to say, you know, there's paralysis by analysis. There's some players you can give too much information to, and they're not going to know what to do. And the other player, the more information he has, he can make collective decisions on pitch execution and location and everything else. Terry, when uh, when you look at this lineup and and what they've been able to do offensively without Nelson Cruz uh, uh, for much of it, uh, what goes into the science of hitting at this point? Are you are you just telling guys uh, swing as hard as you can all three? You know, zero and two, don't worry about it because at the end of the day, we're going to trust we're going to hit enough home runs. How, how do you go? You know, Eddie Rosario, if it's in your eyes and you like it, swing at it because it seems to work out for him. Do, do you ha- do you have to be careful that, that that guys don't get away from their fundamentals, or do you just let them swing? Correct. I think you know when you're riding the wave that we're riding with the Twins, and and, and I want to emphasize this: this is not just a hot week that that they're having. I mean, they've been rock solid for the first two 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 months of the season. So whatever their hitting, uh, hitting philosophy is, whatever they're they're thinking, you want to make sure that they maintain that. And 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 you're absolutely right. Um, you have all the videos and 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 the hitting coaches and managers they're watching, and if a hitter starts getting out of his routine a little bit, if he starts becoming a little bit un- uncharacteristic of what he was doing when he was doing good, then you might make a suggestion. But, man, as, as hot as they are right now with the amount of home runs that they're hitting as, as consistently as they're squaring up balls, you just kind of let this horse go, man. You, you, you just let them out there and, and, and play. And, and when a situation comes up, you know, maybe they struggle a little bit, run into some tough pitching or something like that, then you might have a meeting, you know, and, and, and calm them down and, and, and uh, reassure them to go back to their basics, go back to the fundamentals that, that got the Twins to the situation they're in right now. Terry, we've got about two minutes to go here. I always wanted to ask you the question about how much conversation is there between the catcher and the umpire? An example I have, uh, Castro was called out on strikes. I couldn't exactly read lips, but as you walk past the umpire without making any eye contact, I could swear he said, make sure my guy gets that same call. You're absolutely right. There's a lot of conversation that, that goes on, and it's all about delivery and presentation. You know, if, if, if you're all fired up because you got called out on, on strike three that you thought was a bad pitch and you go back behind the plate and start catching and you're being overly aggressive with your comments and, you know, over-assertive, um, you, you know, you're going to have an issue. You're probably going to get thrown out. But, but there's plenty of ways to say, hey, where was that pitch, man? I, 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 didn't, I didn't see it that way. And, okay, if, if that's the zone we're going to go with right now, you're right. Make sure my guy gets that. Let's say you throw a borderline pitch and he calls it a ball. You know, you can 
you know, throw the ball back to the pitcher and said, hey, come on, just last inning, that was called against me. And if, if you do it uh, professionally, a lot of the umpires are, are very willing to work with you. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see results. But if, if you take that aggressive attitude sometimes, then it's probably going to be a short game for you. Do your pitchers ask you to be aggressive with umpires? What do they ask of you uh, back there? Because, you know, their statistics are riding on it. We all know how this game is played. What do they ask of you uh, in your relationship with an umpire? The pitchers are asking you where that pitch was. Now there's a little bit of psychology going on here. So you tell that pitcher, man, you're right. That was a great pitch right there. I got on the umpire. He says, next time you throw it, you're going to get that. So now you just diffuse the situation. You know what I mean? The pitcher's like, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, I'm going to keep throwing that. I don't have to worry that you're not giving me my pitch that day. And the reality of it is you might not have said anything to the umpire. <laughs> or you might, I mean, you know, that's yep. the truth. You, know? you got to know the situation, right? Yeah, you don't want that pitcher getting off strung out about an umpire missing one pitch. You know, so again, a little psychology involved there. You make the pitcher feel comfortable about himself. And I always tell the pitcher, let me work with the umpire. And then I'll tell you, that there's, there's been, some, you know, obviously there's been games where the umpire just has had a bad game or we're just not seeing it the same way. And then my delivering presentation might change dramatically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's a course of nine innings. It, it's a course of three to 350, 400 pitchers that, pitches that that umpire got a call he's gonna miss one let's yeah. not blow him up you know for missing one particular pitch terry great stuff as always we'll get you a certificate to murray so you can bring mary there one night uh, uh during the week and treat her absolutely max we're looking forward to it all right terry steinbeck back with more right after this sports huddle sid david mike all right mike we got a uh, about a four minute segment here i always enjoy we have a chance to talk richard coffee I, I, I don't want to say I wasn't surprised, but if I'd have had a vote, I'd have been 60-40 that he was going to leave. Yeah, I thought as the thing evolved, uh, it was really clear in the I said Richard cir- Coffey, hello. Don't, that he was, that don't text, I know. Yeah, that Amir Coffey was going to go because uh, he started doing those workouts, and um, and then he got to the G League Combine, and he didn't get invited to the NBA Combine, so that can be a red flag. But uh, my opinion is that uh, based on lots of conversations with people that know more about it than I do is – he kept working out for teams, and he and he he developed the professional mindset. Though, what do I got to do to make it? Uh, he wants a two way contract out of this, uh, whether he goes first or second round, so that some team will, in essence, invest in you in the G League or whether you're up or down. And I think that it just became a situation where he really wants to go play pro basketball, and he really had kind of emotionally detached himself because he wasn't in school. He was just going out trying out for teams. In fact, he is, I tried to get him on this morning, and he's trying out for a team this morning as we speak. Um, and, and so that, that he now, his thinking is, what do I got to do to make it as a pro? And I think that kind of he divorced himself from the, from the college experience. You know, the social media, which is generally unkind, has been reasonably kind in this one with a lot of people saying, hey, divorce yourself from this decision. Look at the decision he made coming out of high school. Ooh. What an impact that had on Richard Pitino's career and go for basketball. At a time when they were not getting Minnesota kids yep. and then they got three, the three that are playing right now with uh, Jarvis and uh, Omersa and, and um, uh, <coughs> Oturo and, and Gabe Kelsher. Uh, that in part was because of Amir Coffee. So it was a step yeah. th- at a time when most people didn't think he'd come here. He did, and that changed the fortune of this program. 
that being said, it sure would have been fun to see him this next year because they, they, they had a nice team with him. No question about it. Let's change topics a little bit. Uh, go for uh, softball. Unfortunately, they went out in two uh, in uh, Oklahoma City. Really long rain delay yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that rain delay and their travel schedule meant that we did reach out and try to get somebody from the program on the show this morning. They're in the air yeah. uh, right now, so we didn't have that chance. But good. I mean, congratulations. First goal for women's uh, team to make it under this format to the College World Series. Yeah, and you know, you talk about branding. I mean, Amber Pfizer and uh, Natalie uh, Denhartog have yeah. a brand now that uh, because uh, they went so far, sure. they had big crowds. And Sid, we're on the air right now. Excuse me, uh, but uh, they. Um, <laughs> uh, they changed that. You know, they've been good for a long time, but now they moved into that great territory. And with your pitcher coming back next year, you got a chance to kind of make that same run. Now uh, they'll have a buzz always at the games. Unfortunately, they play in the spring in Minnesota, so that you know that dictates a little bit of it. But how much fun is that? Just to see the energy, and those are quick games, so they're fun games and easy games to watch. Yeah, uh, women's sports in at least a couple of areas has really figured out the speed of the game. One reason volleyball uh, is so much fun to watch is those matches move right along, scoring on every point. One of the great changes. Yes, in, that was in a volleyball. great change. Oh, yeah. man, yeah, no doubt about it. Wait. But, you know, in an hour and 40 minutes, you're going to see uh, the average of volleyball game. Softball moves along. And they've got a situation where their capacity, number of seats, matches the product. So that we talked about this last year. Uh, Sid, I'm sorry, we're on the air here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I forgot where I was. I, I mean, answer, answer the question you think I was going to ask. you tell them when the red light's on, we're on. <laughs> yeah. So Sid uh, Hartman will be joining us in the 10 o'clock hour, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yes, they, they got a nice environment, nice stadium there. Jamie Traxel's done a nice job with that team. Uh, you know, they've got uh, a, a smattering of Minnesota kids, but you really got to be national to, to, to compete at that level. Uh, and the club softball they've got all over the country, it's amazing how many uh, kids play that club softball, and the really good ones go to play for, like, a California team or whatever else. Well, and, uh, you know, they lost their catcher. Or they were the home run hitter. Oh, we uh, hate to say, know, Big Ten Player of the Year. And, you got uh, her, and holy you know, cow. I mean, they're, they're tough without her, but with her, who knows? Uh, we just do want to point out that we're off at 11 o'clock today. There's no P.J. Fleck. Uh, he's got camps today. We're off at 11 the next two weeks, Mike, because uh, yeah. the Twins are on the, uh, Detroit a week from today. Then they come home to the series. They should do pretty well in that series. Yeah, well, boy, they get uh, Seattle and Kansas City before they get Boston. And, uh, uh, you know, they... Now it's fun because you start watching Tampa, Boston, all the teams you think they might play in the postseason. You try to match up. How are they going to do against them? All right. We'll be back with Kyle Gibson right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Well, we talked quite a bit about the Minnesota Twins in the first hour. We're going to continue the conversation right now with Kyle Gibson, the winning pitcher yesterday. He's now 6-2. and two. Kyle, are there particular challenges of playing in that ballpark? It looks, uh, uh, I'm sure if we asked Miguel Sano right now, he'd probably say yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few things in this place that uh, make it a little bit different than other parks, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think there's a lot of people that are probably about ready to go to a new park. But uh, then again, they've got a dome. It's always 72 degrees, and uh, they never have a rainout. Yeah, Kyle, you know, some sometimes things just go along. Yesterday, it looked like you labored through it and you ground, you, you had to grind it out a little bit. Did it feel like that? Because it feels like you know, as you get to be a veteran, you get to understand the game. You know that day what you have to do. Yeah, you know, I, I would be interested to see how many starters have cruised through starts against these guys. You know, hopefully, obviously, Odo does it today, but. Uh, you know, these guys just put together a lot of really good at-bats. And, uh, you know, if you're going to go six, seven innings, you're probably going to be grinding at least three of those innings with guys on base and, and against hitters that are 
able to do damage, but also have a really good approach to the plate. You know, Hosey did a really good job of settling down a couple of days ago and was able to go seven and, you know, weathered a couple of storms there and, and was able to get the win also. But, uh, yeah, these guys just, they've got a lot of good hitters on their team and, and they have the ability to, to put up runs different ways. Talking about good hitters on the team, how about your own team? Is that give you a little bit of relaxation if there is a, a, an inning in which uh, the other team scores? The confidence, uh, I don't know how many times this year you guys have followed a big inning by the opponent with a big inning of your own. That's got to be feel good for the pitching staff. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think I gave up the run in the second inning or whatever it was. And, and uh, yeah, you, you don't really ever have the feeling that one or two runs is going to beat you. And there's going to be games where it does beat us, but uh, it's just going to be so rare that you really don't get into that mindset. Uh, you always kind of know, okay, I gave up a run here. If I put up a couple of zeros, my offense is going to give me the lead back pretty quick. So, uh, and they've been doing it all year, so it's been uh, definitely a confidence booster on the mound. You mentioned Tampa, and, and you know, every year it seems that we go through this. As a fan, you're, you're watching, you're going, I'm not quite sure who, you know, Austin Meadows, you hear of a little bit. You don't know a lot of these guys. And then they put together, as you said, good at bats. Is that a theory of hitting there? Why is it, you know, they, they can foul pitches off on the outside corner. They just make it tough every night that you play against them, it feels like. Is that is that a philosophy they have, or what is it? Uh, I don't know. That's that's a really good question. I would say it has to do something with a philosophy, mainly because so many of their hitters do it so well, <clears throat> excuse me, and and in similar ways. So I'm sure it is part of that. But also, they probably go and find guys that that are going to fit their philosophy and fit their system well. Uh, you know, when they traded for Meadows uh, in that Archer trade, they probably had a pretty good idea. One, that he was a good player, but two, that his approach was going to match up with what they wanted to do. And ultimately, that's what teams are trying to do. They try to build a staff that that is going to coach some guys up and. And then bring guys in that are going to take to that coaching and and uh, accept the philosophy and and get going in the right direction. Kyle, with the uh, the off day and then the promotion of Smelter, who gave uh, the the Twins a one really good game. What did that extra day of rest mean to you guys? Is it, is it good because it gave you the extra day of rest? But uh, you could say maybe not so good because you had a nice rotation going. You you kind of knew what your day was going to be. Uh, you know what? We throw on six days so much throughout the year because of off days, uh, that getting an extra day isn't too big of a deal. Uh, there are times that, you know, uh, when you're rolling a little bit, you want to stay on that routine, but, uh, going from six days to seven days probably isn't too big of a deal. Uh, it did give me the ability to take an extra day, uh, of rest at the beginning of my rotation, which is always nice. Uh, you know, if you get an off day mixed in toward the end of, you know, after your preparation, after your bullpen, it's a little different. Uh, but at the beginning of the five or six day rotation, it's kind of nice. And, and uh, yeah, obviously you learn to pace yourself as you're a veteran. How is it different, Kyle? You know, say year two in the big leagues compared to now. What you've learned, and probably as much as anything, you you, you study things, you become cerebral, and you and you don't panic about one outing, one inning, three pitches, any of that stuff. How, how are you different in terms of how you study an opponent? You know, I feel like I just tried to work a little bit smarter. Uh, you know, I was probably spending a whole lot more time and and effort in the video room and when I was younger. And uh, as I started to really figure out how my stuff uh, played at the big league level and against big league hitters, and as I faced more and more of these guys, uh, I was able to focus a lot more on my strengths, and I made that decision. And had I made that decision early on, it probably would have helped me out. But, uh, you know, I started focusing more on, okay, you know, when I go through a lineup, I look at where do they hit fastballs, which off-speed pitches do they hit the best, and what location is really my safe location to go against these guys. Um and it's each hitter specific. So that right there gives me a good start. Uh, and then I mix that with the advanced scouting report that our guys come up with. And then we match that up 
And then throughout the game, it's just about making the right adjustments at the right time. Kyle, you mentioned your strength. Are you 100% back? You started the year with that episode with E. coli. You know, you lost weight and were a little bit weakened. Is that, is that totally behind you now? Yeah, I feel pretty good. You know, it was probably four or five starts in where I finally started to feel like my legs got underneath me. Uh, you know, having to take the month of January and part of February off was, was pretty tough because I feel like it kind of set back my conditioning a little bit. My arm has always felt great. Uh, but it's been more my leg strength and, and being underneath me and feeling in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning that I still got the, the juice left to keep going. So uh, that definitely feels a lot better. And, and uh, you know, thanks, man, I'm finally past that. Uh, Tampa now, and then uh, you go on the road to Cleveland, et cetera. This is a long 10-day road trip. Uh, what do you, you know, when you go for these long periods of time, and it does, is it a big difference if you guys are winning? Are you guys hanging out more? Is there a better feeling? What, what's a road trip like when things are going well versus when they're not? Well, it is, uh, it is always better when we're winning, uh, no doubt about that. Um, but, I mean, I, I think one thing that um, I learned quite a bit from guys like Suzuki and, and Joe and, and I'm, you know, Belial and I'm missing some veterans, but you know what? We try to not focus too much on one or two losses. You know, we've been lucky. I think we've only lost two games in a row four times this year. But even if we were losing, I think, um, you know, if you're basing – excuse me, if you're basing your whole – team attitude on uh, the wins and losses at the moment, uh, you might be missing the whole big picture. You know, we're still a third of the way through this season or wherever we're at, and we got a lot of games left. So if, if we let a couple games really impact the, the cohesiveness and, and the camaraderie we've built already, uh, you know, that probably wouldn't be the best decision. But uh, so I guess to answer your question, we're still getting breakfast. We're still you know, spending time away from the ballpark and, uh, you know, still getting to know each other because some of these guys hadn't been on the same team with, with everyone for for more than 50 games. Kyle, we're going to let you go. We know you got a game today. I appreciate you joining us. I just had to smile a little when you said you talked to the Suzuki's and the Joe's and the Belial's. If we had Smeltzer on, he'd say, you know, I talked to some of the old guys like Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> it's all relative, you know what, man. To be that. I think I think I'm like the the fourth oldest guy. I think and, you are. Uh, I'm, I'm creeping up that list. So well, we got so a 99 year old in the studio today, so you know, <laughs> know that you got a long way to go. <laughs> Listen, I always say the lucky ones get old, so uh, hopefully you... I make it there. Good. Thanks, Kyle, and we'll get your certificate to Murray's. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, it. All right, it's Kyle Gibson back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, David, Mike. All right, we are back, and uh, we just had a little Viking talk with Rickville, and sounds like a good time to talk some more with Bud Grant, who joins us right now. Sid, say hello to your friend. Well, good morning. Yes. having another garage sale. When well, is it? Did well, we ever run out of stuff? No, well, it's our 15th annual garage sale. Uh, I just turned 92, as you know, so it's 92 and through. This is the last one, I guarantee it, Sid. Bud, you, you and I talked last night. I didn't know you got herders decoys. Now, I, I want to get there before Sid does because he'll probably buy those up, but explain to why herders decoys are pretty cool for a hunter. Well, if you're a hunter, uh, herders, of course, made some of the earliest decoys and uh, renowned, and they were from down in Wasika and uh, you know, they're working decoys. They're old, beat-up decoys that I've used for years, and my friends have brought some over. And so we've got some decoys and some Oscar qualms. But that's not only a decoy show. It's a, a lot of Viking stuff. I'm getting rid of a lot of Viking stuff. And I, one thing I am doing, anybody that comes and makes a purchase gets a free <clears throat> 1994 Hall of Fame card. Free. Now, that's wow. you heard the key word there. If they make a purchase and they're allowed one, 
And uh, I got enough here. I think I can accommodate everybody. What kind of stuff we have available this, this time? What? What? So just ask what kind of stuff you're going to have available. Well, I got lots of stuff. So that used the right word. <clears throat> I got mini helmets. I got Vikings footballs. I've got lots. I got jerseys. Uh, I've got outdoor equipment. Uh, you know, something for everybody. And remember, it's a family garage sale under my name. So lots of family-related uh, items in terms of clothing and uh, equipment and uh, utensils and uh, uh, curios and things I've collected over the years. This is my last garage sale, so I'm going to get rid of as much as I can at a fair price. But but when they cleaned out Winter Park, not that any of these would show up at your garage sale, but were there a lot of interesting artifacts that were found as they cleaned that out and moved to Egan? Did, did they unveil anything that you go, wow? Well, if they did, everybody kept their own. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> they, you know, I'm sure they, everybody's got something that's you know, memorable from that era. Uh, I did not. Uh, I've accumulated over the years. Uh, a lot of things, and and uh, you know, with a big family uh, at a big house, <laughs> I got plenty of uh, the right word is stuff, and it's uh, it's all going to go this year because this is my last uh, garage sale. Details, uh, time, date. Well, it starts on Wednesday. Uh, uh, what's that? The sixth at five o'clock, and uh, no early birds. Uh, Five o'clock, and it runs all uh, Wednesday night, and then all day Thursday and Friday till we run out of stuff. And uh, it's going to be great, and we have a good time visiting. And uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, but it's the last one. I just want to make that clear. So we're <laughs> going to try to uh, provide something for everybody. You ever going to run out of stuff? Do I run out of stuff? No, I don't run out of stuff, Sid. I remember I got a big family. I got lots of stuff. <laughs> they got something for you, too, if you stop over for a while. But not before 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock yeah. on Wednesday. Uh, it's a, a unique hour because we get the people coming home from work, and they're the ones that got the money. It's not the little old lady. That's <laughs> you know, no garage sales. Sid's wheels are turning right now. He sees himself with a cardboard table and some of those books he hasn't been able to unload that he thinks he can maybe say. But i got to ask you, though, if you were a coach and you wouldn't be able to do this because they have OTAs and mini camps and everything else, what do you think of all the off-season, in-season training that they do now? Well, it's progress. They call it progress. You know, we're trying to get uh, one up on everybody, and if we can uh, – you know, get a little, impart a little more knowledge, a little more training, a little more skill. Maybe you got an advantage. Uh, we've certainly had the facilities, and that's that's a, that's a big item. And the players uh, gives them a place to go. They're supervised. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't get hurt. And it's a it's a great opportunity to evaluate and make some progress. Remember, they got 22 coaches now. 22 yep. assistant coaches. you got to keep those guys busy. <laughs> That's right. Bud, uh, or Sid, you got a final question? Bud Grant, for being on the show, will get your murder certificate. You should have enough to have a, a party. <laughs> you, okay. can, you can have a garage sale. Those the garage sale. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's interesting because Murray's, uh, I was just talking to Bob Harrison, an old Laker, the other day. He, yeah. are, he and I are the only two left 
of the 1950 World Championship, Minneapolis Lakers, the other day. And he was telling me that you know, we were comparing notes, and he said, do you remember what your contract was? I said, yeah, I made $3,000. He said, I made 3500 And then the highest salary was 4700 And uh, how different it is today when we watch these guys play basketball. It's a great time to be alive. The Twins are doing as well as they are. Uh, basketball goes on until June. Baseball going on until October. And fishing season from now you know, on. So it's a, it's a great time to be around. And the weather is great. Uh, and it's good to talk to you, Sid. I'm trying to catch up to you in age. I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> Sid wanted to say some final thing, Sid. We need your address. Give the guy your <laughs> address. address. You're going to drop by the garage sale. Yeah. But not oh, before 5 80, o'clock. 8134 oh. Oakmere Road. Eden Prairie, Minnesota, place I've been since I came to, to Minneapolis uh, way back from Winnipeg. So we're still here. Got a big house full of stuff. Want to get rid of it. Come and ha- have a good time. But don't hang up because we're going to get that. Oh, we've got, never mind. We've got the address. We, we'll, I'm sure we'll get a text message or two. We'll repeat that address before yeah, we sign Save me some Herder's Canvas back decoys. I'll see you Wednesday. Okay, we'll save. I'll save one for you. Okay, okay, thanks, Bud. <laughs> okay, all right. That's Bud Grant back with more right now. Oh, we're gonna have. If you want to start calling in, we're gonna have a caller segment. I can't tell you exactly which one it's gonna be. One of our last three segments, maybe two of them, are gonna be your phone calls. So why don't you call us now so we're ready when we go to it? The phone number is six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, and you're listening to the Sports Auto with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, Sid, we are back, and I will tell callers that we may have a chance in this segment. So give us a call at 651-989-9226. Sid, while we had a break there, we heard from our friends at Starkey. If you haven't, you probably are hearing there's only one place to go, Starkey in Eden Prairie. Bill Austin and all of those people will help you. You'll be out standing in short term. You'll be hearing again. Go to Sarkey in Eden Prairie. Dave Lee's going to have sit on tomorrow. Dave happens to be in the studio today. We don't see that very often. Dave, can you give us a little preview, or won't you tell us what you and Sid will talk about tomorrow, or won't you know until right before you go on the air? You know, it's a fluid. It's fluid. Okay. It's constantly moving. Yep. So we'll know tomorrow morning at about, uh, what, Sid, about 8 o'clock I'll talk to you, and then we'll see what's happened, what's transpired in the last, well, 12, uh, 14 hours. What's <laughs> I said, I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. You're going to be on tomorrow, right? What are you talking about? Talking, to, talking about you tomorrow morning. What's that? You're, you're going to be on tomorrow morning at 840. I don't know about that. What do you, what do you think? I, I think you're going to be. That's my prediction. Okay. Uh, so much for rehearsal. <laughs> we, we, we catch that tomorrow at 840, we think. 840, we think. But the situation's fluid. Yeah, it's, it's constantly moving. Yes, always in motion. <laughs> All right, we've uh, we're trying to line up a guest, but in the meantime, I'll give those phone numbers again: six five one nine eight nine nine two. I wish you could be in the studio. Nine eight nine two nine nine two six. All right, uh, we got a text message here. It is: um, What is the situation with the Twins catcher Garver? Well, Garver has been playing uh, minor league ball, and uh, the rumor is that he and uh, Cruz will probably be ready to join the team Tuesday in Cleveland. So I would guess the Twins will make at least two roster moves and conjunction with that uh, Cleveland series. I don't think Garver is called up for today, but I think he and Cruz both ready day after tomorrow. Mike, is that kind of what you're hearing? 
Yeah, I can read the official statement. Dave Lee was nice enough to bring it in here. Twins return Mitch Garver from rehab assignment and reinstating from the injured list. Twins announced today that they have returned catcher Mitch Garver from rehab assignment, double-A Pensacola. Have reinstated him from the 10-day list. Garver was placed in the injured list May 15th with a high left ankle sprain. Uh, recently played three games in the rehab uh, uh, assignment uh, for the Blue Wahoos. I didn't know that was their the name. The Blue Wahoos, and I believe uh, that uh, that's a, because he's in Florida that he's made the drive over and he's in the lineup today, I believe. Does it say who uh, who they're uh, sending down? Uh, well, no big surprise here. Zach Littell, who they yeah. kind of laid out to the other day and at 14-3, and they let him keep, keep pitching yeah. even when it wasn't going well. That was kind of your... So that was that was your gimme putt. The harder one is what are they going to do when Cruz uh, comes back yep. on. But for people who are uh, Mitch Garver fans uh, and uh, understand, not only is he in the lineup today, he's probably going to be the leadoff. Uh, sure, why then. not? Right? You know, I mean, it's just amazing, Sid. Yeah. The one of the good thing right now, the schedule is so good. You're getting through with Tampa Bay down down there. They've all got through with who uh, Houston. Uh, yeah, uh, they get the Red Sox to play it, but they don't have too many well, tough teams on the schedule. So they've got Seattle uh, coming up when they come home. I don't know if people are paying attention. Seattle started the season. Mike, I may be wrong. It was twelve and two or eleven and two. Yeah, they've been dreadful since. Uh, they've been just awful. See how they ever get to eleven and two ever? Yeah, they're they're terrible. And then they've got Kansas City, who's got the worst record in the division. This could be a good homestand. If you don't have your tickets yet to this homestand, I went online looking at the ticket situation around the Joe Mauer retirement thing. They're going to sell out all those games. Sid? I don't think the type of baseball being played in the league is sure. I think it's the worst it's been forever. There's not too many good teams in the league. I don't know where they went. Well, that's because Twins keep punishing them. How about the free agents be eligible this week? Well, yeah, right after the draft. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. tomorrow. Uh, they're going to be able to, to sign. A lot of speculation. I don't see the Twins signing either one of those uh, free agents. They've nope. got good things going for them right now. The quite interesting question is, will they go with one fewer pitcher in light of the way the schedule plays out over the next couple of weeks? I think that Rocco would like to keep an extra position player. Well, yeah, well, they, they like those options, especially uh, – uh, late in game, Austin Deal gives us some advantages that a lot of guys can't, obviously. And he's uh, he's something. He's going to be a cult hero by the end of this year. Just uh, without you know, he doesn't speak any English, so you're not going to interview him. But uh, the way he carries himself, people are fascinated with him. We, we got to take a break, but I forgot to ask Terry Steinbach if he could beat Austin Deal in a race, race the today. Turtle? I don't think so. I'm putting my money on the turtle. All right, take a break here. Come back, take your phone calls. Uh, again, we've got one call out for a guest. Not sure if that will come through or not. In the meantime, we'll take your phone calls. Phone lines are filled. You've done your job. We will talk to you right after this. Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. Uh, we are back, and uh, we had somebody drop off. So we've got one local line open if you want to call us at 651-989-9226. Let's go to the order in which they came in, uh, and that will take us on a long-distance line to Bill and Dassel. Bill, what's on your mind this morning? Hey, morning, guys. Uh, question about uh, the Twins of Sano. He's still striking out a lot. Yeah. Do you think he'll ever get less strikeouts as the season goes along and, and get his average up? Because he's still still striking out way too much in my book. I like your response. Mike, I've got a response to that. Why don't you go ahead and take the uh, No, I, I, I think he'll keep striking out a lot, and I think that as long as they've got this lineup, He's cozy, man. Hit one every once in a yeah. while. You know, win a couple of games for you. They've taken so much pressure off of him. But if by now you're still striking out, and initially when he came up, he 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 laid off outside pitches and stuff off the outside part of the plate a few times. And you go, maybe he's made another one more because if he can do that, 
maybe he got a chance to do a lot, but but I think that he is what he is to an extent. And and they they I think either way they can live with him, they can trade him, they can do whatever they want with him right now because. Let him swing away. See what happens. All right, I'm going to say that Sid's having some problems with the headset this morning. I'll see if I can get through. Sid, the question is about Miguel Sano. What do you think the Twins expect to do with Miguel Sano? Well, he strikes out too much. That's the biggest trouble. I think he takes one, two, three many times. He's got to quit striking out, and uh, he hits a home run once. Well, he's fielding great. I mean, but uh, he's got to do a better job of not striking out. Yeah, he is more athletic than you think, man. Oh, when they uh, hit balls down the, the third base line and he makes the play, you go, whoa, that's special. His power numbers are, are still good because when he gets a hit, it's a double or it's a home run. He has fewer singles, uh, I know, I think doubles and home runs. That's kind of the new wave of baseball. Interestingly, in MLB.com during the week when they were talking about some of the trades, the Twins were named – often uh, for Stroman uh, out of Toronto and Bumgarner out of the Giants. Bumgarner is uh, a, a rental. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Stroman's got another year in the contract. Interestingly, in both sets of rumors, they said, what kind of package would it take? Sano's name came up in both sure. of them. Now, that's just speculation, but that's it is interesting. It's what people are, are saying out there. Let's take, uh, yeah, we've got a couple people said that they've now seen the online posting of the lineup, and Garver indeed lead off for the Twins today. So he's back. Not only is he back, but you've got that situation of a catcher in the leadoff position. Another call before break. Let's go to Greg and Wadena. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, guys. Quick question for you. Long-time listener of the show, long-time Minnesota sports fan on everything. Um, question is, Kirk Cousins, he's a shorter quarterback, and how many third downs, second downs, the balls was batted down, and uh, what are the Vikings going to do with uh, offense and uh, help uh, uh, decrease the percentages of batted down and balls was batted down? And uh, I'll hang on the listen. Uh, if you're on hold, let me tell you, turn your radio down. It yeah. will confuse you as much as it does our listeners because you know, we're on a tape delay here. Mike, uh, I've got an answer for that. Why don't you go ahead with uh, Cousins? Talk to Cousins this week, in fact, uh, a couple times he's out of practice and at their charity event, and uh, I think that the, what you see, the, the, one of the reasons Kubiak was brought in was because Cousins like what Kubiak uh, does and, and how, he trans- how he translates his communication skills to the offense. And so you're going to see some things where he'll step up in the pocket a little bit more. They're going to take, uh, they're going to snap it under center a lot more. It's going to be a different offense because Kubiak's uh, influence, et cetera, and Cousins is comfortable with that. So they're banking on one thing. They're banking on this being year two for Cousins and that year two means the comfort level is that much higher, and it takes him over the hump. And I think they're banking on the fact a better offensive line will give him a chance to hold on to the ball a little bit longer and that that would improve his uh, percentage of completions. We have two local lines open as we go to a break here. That number is 651-989-9226. Call us during the break. We'll talk to you after that. Just a reminder, because of the Twins' early game today in Tampa Bay and early game next Sunday in Detroit, we will be off at 11 o'clock both, so that's 12 minutes right now, both this Sunday and next Sunday. So we'll take your phone calls when we come back from this break. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. We've got a text message request here for Bud Grant's address again. Remember, don't show up before 5 o'clock Wednesday. 8134 Oakmere Road, Bloomington, Minnesota. 8134 Oakmere Road, Bloomington, Minnesota. So we'll pod down Frank here in a second. And uh, all right, let's uh, Clancy Hutchinson. Clancy, you've been on hold the longest. What's on your mind? Good morning, guys. Uh, first of all, a comment to Sid, one of his longtime listeners and readers of his column, Harriet, 
from Hastings passed away a couple of years ago or a couple of weeks ago. He was like 10 years younger than Sid, so a longtime friend. My question is regarding uh, uh, Buxton. One time they showed on television that he was looking at a small card when he went back to play in the outfield. Is that a scouting report of, of what the hitters are coming up, or what's the small card about? Yeah, it's, it's the spray pattern of the hitters coming up. Uh, it started, I think it's the third year. Twins outfielders have taken those cards with them into, into position, and Clancy, you're exactly right. It tells the hitting characteristics, both depth uh, to play and where they should be uh, to be in the right spot, most often based on the, the analytics. Yeah, quick code they've got there yep. they can just look at and research it. Let's, uh, as promised, uh, try to take one or two more calls for sure. Let's go to Jackson uh, in Bloomington. Jackson, you're on the air. What's your question? You know, Jackson, I do think he'll be a regular pitch for the Twins. I do not think that will happen this year. He has He's in a position of having a number of what are called options left, and that makes him a valuable commodity for the Twins. Mike, I would assume that Smeltzer may go up and down a couple of times oh, yeah. a week. We can look forward in September. Based if he has as good a minor league system, yep. think he'll be he'll be call, he'll be one of the September call. As they say, just keep pitching well, son. The rest will take care of itself, and he's going to get enough chances. And he's I'll tell you one thing. I had him on the other night on, uh, on my nighttime radio show, and he uh, uh, sports to the max, and he is uh, he he has been through it all between tough numbers yep. and his cancer diagnosis that, that adversity doesn't. Uh, he does well with it. It's a great story, Jackson. Thanks for your call. Call us back again with a good question like that. Let's go to Matt in Rochester next. Go ahead, Matt. Hey there, how are you guys? We're great. How about you? Good. Hey, I have a question about actually following up on what Sid said about the the twin schedule. Clearly, I think that it's favorable, and more than not, they're sort of uh, winning by a large margin. Here's the question. September and October are going to come, and I think we're going to be in playoff games. Um, We're going to need a closer who's been there. Um, Do the existing uh, closers, um, do they have that? ability to take on that challenge or do we need to go up from the outside and bring someone in I think Rogers. Uh, He'd be my first choice yeah, if come, you want a closer if you no, I don't think Rocco wants one nah. but, but when you get to the playoffs uh, postseason play things change and and I think clearly that uh, Taylor Rogers has pulled out ahead of others you could go get a, a guy that's a closer and, and use him as a setup man too and then if you yeah. need him as your backdoor policy etc and you know there's lots of things they can do right now well Fernando Rodney's available yeah <laughs> got released and went unclaimed what time I guess we've got if we can make this 30 seconds uh Jim and uh, Brooklyn go ahead Brooklyn Center Brooklyn Park one of them okay Hello, go ahead. how you guys doing good 30 good. seconds go ahead Hey, man, thanks for taking my call. The Gopher team has nothing to hang your heads down about. They played a really sound, excellent World Series. They, they try to come back. They just went unable to. And one comment about the Twins, the Twins are having an awesome season. I think they will not get knocked out by the Yankees if they do meet them in the first round. And can I please stay on the line so I can hear my comment and what you guys got to answer to my comment about? Yeah, go ahead. Stay on the line because it's going to be a very quick response because we've got 30 seconds to go. Uh, yeah, we, we would repeat what you said. If people joined us, uh, we were not able to get somebody from the Gopher softball team, either Mark Coyle or the coach, uh, because they're in the air right now flying back from... Uh, but we agree they had a good season. But they certainly had a good season. Good. Thank you for pointing that out. I want to thank our guests on this abbreviated show. Remember, we're short again next week as we're off at 11. Terry Steinbeck, Kyle Gibson, Bud Grant, Rick Spielman, Kevin Stefanski. Thanks for your phone calls, text messages. Do it again next week. Sports Huddle, Sid, David, Mike.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.